Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dairy Sports Podcast. I'm Sam Daring. He's Christian John. And today I am very excited to be talking Green Bay Packers once again. Today we're going to be talking training camp. This training camp just got underway. Um, three key positions to talk about. Running back, inside linebacker, wide receiver, uh, most intriguing player in our eyes, and then surprise cut candidates. So let's start off with the running back position. They just interviewed Ben Sermons today. Um, the Packers running back coach. And obviously we know this coming in um, as far, I mean, everyone else does as well, is Jamal Williams um, drastically improved on his catching ability and his route running um, as we interviewed Jimmy Christensen on that um, a few weeks ago from Game on Wisconsin. Go check that out if you haven't already. Um, and then they also talked about A.J. Dillon. Um, obviously the picture of his thighs went viral. I love the tweet that Andy Herman sent out that said, um, if A.J. Dillon went to a better school than Boston College, he would have been in the running for the Theisman Trophy. Um, but we have seen a little bit of good um, of A.J. Dillon in the passing game as well. Um, he did drop a few in training camp, but he also, I mean, there is a lot of promising of him to grow in that. And we all, we I think we talked about this a while ago, like prior to him getting prior to the draft, is it really depends how you're used in that offense in college. But we definitely saw some sparks of AJ Dillon in the passing game as well. Yeah, uh, there's just so much to like about the Packers' depth at running back. You have Aaron Jones, who leads the league in touchdowns last year, or he was second. It was him and McCaffrey. You have Jamal Williams, who was he led the Packers in receiving touchdowns last year, and like you mentioned, he worked all off season, and people believe he's gotten much better at route running and catching the football. So you add that to what he already had in the passing game, and that's so much better. And then now you add second round pick AJ Dillon, whom you mentioned obviously just the way he's built. There's not many human beings that look like A.J. Dillon. And he wasn't used a whole lot in the passing game in Boston College. The Packers believed that there was something there. And he's shown a little bit in training camp so far that he does have that receiving ability. And it'll be interesting to see if he can translate that into games. And Ben Sermons has done a great job developing it. I mean, he developed... Aaron Jones to his career season, he really utilized Jamal Williams very well in the passing game. In the passing game, argue, Jamal Adams is arguably one of the most effective running backs in the league in the passing game. He also worked with Todd Gurley when he was over um, in St. Louis at the time when they were the Ram, St. Louis Rams. So Ben Sermons has quite the track record of developing those running backs to making themselves known, and I'm really hoping he can do the same with AJ Dillon. I mean. Seeing as, I mean, he went to a, if he went to a better school, he, he, this is a guy that led the league. He led the nation in rushing in 2019, and he was just overshadowed by the amount of talent of running backs above him. So I think if he went to a better school um, than Boston College, he would have been known more. He would have been talked about more because nobody talks about Boston College. Um, when, when the first team you think of in the ACC 
um, are Clemson. Um, so Boston College is the team, the team that's way down there in the SEC or in the ACC, excuse me, um, that nobody really talks about. And I'm really hoping Ben Sermons can unlock that full potential of AJ Dillon. And it's really cool to see that we have already seen some sparks of him in the passing game, something that we didn't see too much of in college. Yeah. Uh, a guy we haven't mentioned yet also is Dexter Williams, who was a sixth-round pick last year, and he's a guy who definitely has that talent. He's a talented kid, but he makes a lot of mental errors. It'll be interesting to see if he gets any sort of opportunities with the Packers. But, again, I think the A.J. Dillon draft pick and still having Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams on the team is kind of the writing on the wall for that. As far as A.J. Dillon goes, he faced the stack box more than any other running back in college. So I, I definitely don't think we've seen anything close to what he can actually do when given a fair chance because the talent around him at Boston College was extremely low. He was the offense in Boston College. Oh, 100%. And what's so mm-hmm. ironic is one of his most popular plays in college was throwing Louisville corner back to the ground. And that corner is now Green Bay Packers corner, Jair Alexander. When he, I believe it was 2017, he, that game was, he just took him and just tossed him to the ground full power. It was it was crazy. It was unbelievable. Um, and I fully agree. I mean, we have yet to see the full potential of, of A.J. Dillon. We know what he's capable of, and I can't wait to see him in the passing game. Look what Ben Sermons did to Jamal Williams. I can only imagine A.J. Dillon is going to do just about the same, if not the same, as Jamal Williams has um has done now. I mean, A.J. Dillon is going to be a really fun player to watch grow and develop in that running back room. And you mentioned Dexter Williams. I guess I'll give a spoiler alert. He's going to be my not necessarily surprise cut candidate, but he's a guy. I mean, we Matt LaFleur liked he fell in love with Tyler Irvin early. And now, if I'm not mistaken, Tyler Irvin is now working out in the wide receiver room. Um, yeah. Getting some reps at wide receiver. It's weird because that seems to be kind of a new trend. Cordell Patterson is now getting reps at running back um, in Chicago. Um, we Speaking of the Bears, we did see David Montgomery earlier today went down with a leg injury. Um, or a, He went down with an injury, was carved off the field. They're saying it's a groin injury. Um, but <laughs> Cordell Patterson said uh, Mitchell Trubisky is a whole new player, so maybe we might see the Bears go 12-4 uh, and four and uh, – win the division, but that's a that's a topic of discussion for another episode. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean it's it's interesting because there has there have been times in the twenty nineteen season where there was an opportunity for Dexter Williams because the Packers dealt with some like they dealt with injuries that, that was wide open, but Matt LaFleur just didn't we they just didn't have the faith in him just yet. I mean they didn't they they didn't have the faith in him. They didn't see, they didn't think he was there to earn that spot yet. Um, so I'm interested to see him uh, in training camp. Uh, we've got ways to go. We're about two and a half weeks out of week one. Um, but spoiler alert, Dexter Williams is going to be my cut candidate. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I just don't think that there is going to be a room on this roster for Dexter Williams, but 
you know, who knows, maybe he really turns it on here three weeks before the season, and we're really surprised by Dexter Williams. Right. Another position that has really sparked the attention of not only Packer fans but media um, is the inside linebacker position. And I mentioned this earlier. I don't know if I mentioned this before we had Jimmy on or not, but I mentioned Kamal Martin. And Kamal Martin is now competing for a starting job over Christian Kirksey. I didn't say he was going to win the starting job, but I said watch out for him to be that backup for Christian Kirksey. He was consistent throughout his career in the Big Ten at Minnesota. He's got the body frame to excel. I mean, specifically in zone coverage, he's got the body frame to excel and do very scary things on that defense, especially in zone coverage, in zone coverage and, and stop the pass. Yeah, it's definitely interesting hearing all of the good things about Kamal Martin. It, I'm curious to see if they would actually start him next to Christian Kirksey, just because both of them are, you know, adequate in the past game, but neither of them really excel. And in today's NFL, I don't know if you can start two guys like that next to each other. However, Oren Burks, I've heard some nice things about Oren Burks, and if he can stay healthy, maybe this is finally the year that he can. And former safety, so obviously he definitely has that coverage ability that you would want to see next to Christian Kirksey. And Christian Kirksey's also had some really nice days. He was the first player to intercept Aaron Rodgers in practice. It's nice to hear good things coming out of the inside linebacker group. And I, I look forward to watching how that unit actually does end up performing because you also have guys like Ty Summers and Curtis Bolton, but they have been overshadowed for sure so far in camp. Yeah, it's crazy how wide open this position is because as soon as we signed Christian Kirksey, a lot of people thought that was kind of a given. I mean, Kirksey has played for Pet. There's different variations to it now, and obviously the scheme has evolved, but he did at least have some baseline knowledge of working with Mike, Mike Pettin. So I would say he was actually further ahead on the spectrum than a lot of free agent ads at the position. No, and I agree with that as well. And Ty Summers, who you also mentioned, hasn't shown any sparks. He's shown decent sparks last year on special teams. I know you were a big fan of Curtis Bolton coming out as well. Yeah, Bolton's a guy I really liked before he got injured. Um, it should be interesting to see if he does get any kind of a chance, but if Kirksey, Burks, and Martin keep impressing, I just don't see the opportunity there for him, especially in behind Ty Summers as well. So it, it, It's something to monitor. However, I don't see a whole lot coming out of Curtis Bolton at this point, unfortunately. And the injury early in the preseason last year definitely hurt him. Um, but, yeah, especially if we're seeing guys pop out early when Jazz training camp is just starting. Right. And, again, I mean, it was such a unique offseason. They didn't have a lot of times to get their bodies acclimated to all of this. So I do believe that we will continue to see these injuries popping up, unfortunately. Right. And the last position is the wide receiver position, um, one an area that fans were definitely not pleased that we didn't address it in the draft, especially in a draft that had the deepest wide receiver class ever in years. Um, 
surprised that we didn't get at least one, but they went out and signed a guy from former guy from the CFL and Reggie Bagleton. Equinemius St. Brown's coming back. Unfortunately, we lost Devin Funches opting out of the season due to COVID COVID nineteen concerns. And then you have Alan Lazard, um, who is really looking to push himself for that wide receiver two position. You have Marquez Valdez Scantling. And I thought it was interesting. So yesterday they interviewed Aaron Rodgers, the media, after um, one of their practices. And they asked him about Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And he said, I think a lot of his play has to do with his confidence. This is MVS. And um, we saw sparks, but, I mean, you even said, like, speed can only get you so far. But a lot of that has to do with the confidence as well. And like even Roger said the same thing about MBS. Like there's a lot of potential in him, but a big thing a big thing about that is to have that confidence boost. Yeah, a lot of MBS's issues come from the thing in between his ears. I believe it's just mainly mental. You could really see that things started eating him alive during the season last year, so hopefully he can get his head right and be the receiver that he has the potential to be with his size and speed. But it, a lot, so much of it is just dependent on where he is mentally. Other guys, you know, Reggie Begleton, I don't truly expect much from him if he makes the roster. And then Equiminius St. Brown is now in a spot where he had a big injury last year tearing his ACL, and now it seems like the Brewers are kind of going to rely or the, the Packers, excuse me, are going to kind of rely on him to be that guy and to be a really solid contributor. The most interesting thing now this offseason about the wide receiver position is the fact that Tyler Irvin, it looks like, will be a wide receiver now for the Packers. So I'm very curious to see how that plays out and how well he can do in that position, changing from a running back slash return specialist to a wide receiver. Yeah, that it's it's definitely interesting seeing those um, seeing those small little trends of guys switching positions to the same side of the ball as I mentioned earlier with Cordell Patterson, and we've seen the potential, we've seen the versatility out of Tyler Irvin. I don't see how he's not capable of doing it, but it's going to be tough. I mean, a lot of people say outside of Devontae Adams, there's not a whole lot. Even Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, there's a lot of unproven talent. MBS went. And, and like you mentioned, not only confidence, but it's a lot of mentalness, mental toughness, mental. It's all mental in, in, uh, for MVS. EQ went down with an injury. I think a lot of eyes are going to turn on to EQ, and I think a lot of people, even before training camp, like beginning of the offseason, forgot we still had EQ Brown. And I expect I expect a lot coming out of EQ Brown, and I He's the one receiver in that room that I cannot wait to see perform and come back from an injury. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see how he performs. However, I would just prefer not to rely on somebody coming off such a big injury, especially somebody so young who hadn't really proved a ton on the field before the injury. But I'm definitely excited about his talent coming into this year. I do believe he will be a good NFL wide receiver. I just don't know if it'll be immediately this year. So the next one, I'll let you start with this one. One player that you are most excited to see, mine, 
I guess we've, we've heard it before, was Kamal Martin. Um, so who is your one most exciting player that you are excited to see? For me, it's Josh Jackson. Mike Fenton talks about how he has worked primar- primarily as <clears throat> cornerback and outside corner this season. I can't wait to see that. I believe that is where Josh Jackson belongs. And I believe we'll see a lot of good things from him, him returning to his somewhat quote-unquote natural position. I've heard and read good things from guys like Aaron Nagler and Andy Herman about how he has looked in camp, even though Matt Schneidman of The Athletic wrote an article about how his stock is somewhat down. I've seen a lot of people say that they actually disagree with that assessment. And Josh Jackson's a talented, talented kid, man. I really believe in him still. I don't see how he won't be a good NFL player. And I think this is, you know, this is just the biggest year of his career by a lot. If this year it doesn't start to click and work out, I don't know if we'll ever see it as with the Packers. But I do believe that this year we will start to see something that is mainly positive from Josh Jackson. And I'm very excited for that. Yeah, and that cornerback room, let alone the secondary, that secondary room, there's a lot of young talent, and I've said this before, too, and I refuse to believe that Josh Jackson is a bust, and I fully agree with you there that he, there's a lot of talent that they have yet to unlock, and I'm really hoping that we see some of that production going into this season, and like his performance at Iowa, where we picked him, I'd see no reason why he can't have see any reason why his production can't translate at all into the NFL. So that's another, that's a really good one as well. My choice is Kamal Martin. People are, there's already reports saying he's competing for the starting job. And going back to the draft, a lot of people were really mad at the Packers draft picks up until they drafted Kamal Martin because that was a current need. And now he's, he's surprising in training camp. I know it almost seems like not a lot of people, fans, knew enough about Kamal Martin. And now, not that he's popping up, but he's opening the eyes of scouts. He's impressing coaches early, and I cannot wait to see that. And I've we've said this, that inside linebacker room is very competitive. It's wide open. I wouldn't say it's Christian Kirksey's job right away based on experience. However, that is a huge advantage. But Kamal Martin is still my guy to watch. The last one before we wrap it up is surprising cut. I already gave my spoiler. I don't see us keeping five running backs, potentially five running backs, maybe four if Tyler Irvin is that primary receiver, goes to that primary receiver position. But I need to see more of Dexter Williams. Um, There's a lot of rumor, a lot of people predicting – one of our draft picks, uh, Indiana tackle Simon Stepaniak, to be cut. Um, but I think that adds a lot of depth. I think we, we've talked about this before on our previous Packers podcasts, where this team has so many, like the team, like they added a lot of depth to that offensive line this offseason. Um, losing Balaga was tough. You gained Rick Wagner on a low-risk, high-reward contract. We ha- not only do we have depth and versatility, but they ha- the versatility helps with the amount of scenarios that you can, you know, plug those guys into. And I know someone from, I don't re- I don't know his name, but someone from Game On Wisconsin wrote an article. He had a surprise cut candidate being Corey Lindsley. Um, I know Corey Lindsley is 
due for an due for an extension. Um, that's a guy that I don't see coming back, seeing as the amount of talent that we brought in from this draft. But Dexter Williams is a guy that I need to see more. His name. I know we have tons of time left for training camp. We're two and a half weeks out of week one. We have not seen a whole lot of Dexter Williams, and I mentioned this before. Like he's he's had the opportunities, but it it has to do with the coaches not feeling confident enough in putting him in. And the same reason you feel about Josh Jackson, um, I feel about Dexter Williams. Like this has to be, he has to wow those coaches. He has to show that he deserves a spot on that team. And there were a lot of, a lot of people had projections of um, Indiana tackle and left pick Simon Stepania getting cut. And I think that has a lot to do with the experience. I think that was another guy that was projected to go on. I think that brings a lot of depth. I don't see him. And I don't recall his name, but there was a writer from Game On Wisconsin that wrote a surprise cut candidate being Corey Lindsley. Um, a guy that can't stay healthy. I don't think that'll be the case, but a guy that can stay healthy. And so due for an extension um, based on the draft picks and the offseason we've had. Um, in the 2020 draft, I don't see him coming back. There's a David Bakhtiari should be our next um, I am line to hopefully get that extension that he deserves. Um, but my cup candidate is going to be Dexter Williams. Yeah, and I mean, it definitely makes sense, right? It's, like you mentioned, there's just not a whole lot of room on the depth chart when it gets down there for a guy like Dexter Williams. For me, and I'm really going to go off the handle, I think, with this one, is Tyler Lancaster, which I know I probably sound deranged saying that just because of how much it seems like Mike Pettin loves him, but I believe that Kingsley Kiki will probably, if he hasn't already, will pass him on the depth chart. Montrevious Adams has had some positive signs so far in Packers training camp, and you also have to consider... Hester, when he gets back, if he can do if he can do things in positive ways, it just Lancaster has not shown out at all. He has had tough times, it seems like, in one on ones and in team drills, and I just believe that he doesn't have that true raw talent to really surpass any of these guys on the depth chart. And guys like Kiki, with that raw talent, are just bound to pass them up and. He may just lose his spot because everybody below him just got that much better. That is a wild card pick, and I, I like that a lot. And I've never been – I've always looked at Tyler Lancaster. I mean, he, he took a one-year extension. I believe it was like 1.8 mil. Might have been less than that. Um, but he took like the bare minimum deal to stay on the Packers. And you mentioned you mentioned it earlier as you were bringing him up that Mike Pettin is in love with him. And – I know a lot of fans don't really see that. The way I've always looked at him is a guy, a guy that's a body on the field. And we don't – I. that's not how any defense or any media or fan or analyst should look at a guy like a defense. I mean, you mentioned Kingsley Kiki. Kingsley Kiki is going to be a name that hopefully will pop up a lot on that front defensive line. Kenny Clark got the well-deserved extension. And we'll see a lot of Kingsley Kiki. You mentioned Trayvon Hester. That de- that defensive line has a lot of potential. And Tyler Lancaster hasn't shown it. Um, so I'm interested to see. 
It wouldn't surprise me if it's that's the case, but we the Packers don't have a whole lot of depth on the defensive line. Um, but it'll definitely be interesting. That will wrap up this week's episode of the Dairy Sports Podcast. Give us a follow on all of our social media platforms. Um, so thank you for joining us, and we will see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.